Hey, qué bro Blake. Hey, qué bro Jose. Where are we today? I'm in San Francisco. Where are you? I'm in Chicago, and I would say like freezing my ass off because he's, he's I don't know, a bit fresh. You know, it's a bit like chilly. You know, in like a, in real units, it's like minus ten degrees. So <laughs> Celsius. As you know, uh, but if you go to Fahrenheit, it actually is feels like six. That's the thermic feeling. I I can empathize. It's been super cold here. It's been like in the mid fifties. No, I have to say, like the heater on this apartment is so intense that I close all my radiators. Wow, well, you are yeah. on the top floor. That helps. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like all the heat from below is like just accumulating here, and I was like just sweating directly while outside it was like literally 15 degrees, 15 Fahrenheit degrees. Better than being cold, I guess. You can always open a window, turn on those air conditioning units. Yeah, no, that's what I did. I closed the radiators. Like, yeah, we're, we're done. We're done with this heat. I bought a humidifier because I was feeling, you know, like the tongue of a cat? how dry it is like that i just felt like a cat actually spent like the whole night licking my face about like how dry everything was that's quite a, an image you painted there yeah but the thing is like it's, that's the worst part of the cold by far it's like just going out it's like i don't care too much about it is the the worst parts are actually like just sliding over ice and breaking your hip and the dryness everywhere there's still time for a polar void vortex and keep your fingers crossed <laughs> You're a friend. You're truly a friend. <laughs> but but leaving the weather, I mean, on, on the side aside, is that I had the feeling that we're becoming like pretty British because we're starting to talk about the weather every single day. Well, now it's just so dramatically different. The contrast is insane. Yeah. Well, but you know that in San Francisco, they are like micro weathers kind of thing. You couldn't compare the sunset with the mission. It's true. Alexa disappoints me every day. She tells yep. me with what temperature I walked out. It is not that temperature. Yeah. Uh, but what did we watch today? This was my pick. Um, and I am an Almodovar super fan. You're welcome for introducing him to you. Um... <laughs> it's a joke. He's from Spain. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, that makes his tongue. So... Um... I chose Parallel Mothers. I, I mean, we chose it. We had talked about watching it. It just happened to be, quote unquote, my turn. So I actually just finished watching this movie about an hour and a half ago. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I went to watch it last week and I went to watch it with my boyfriend, like he's Mexican, and I went to watch it with an American friend. And uh, it was interesting. I wanted, and it was like the perfect setup because it's like, this is a curious movie, you know? It's like a theme I, that most... But... I have to admit that I wished we had seen it together and I could have just asked you questions nonstop about uh, Spain's history and, like, uh, cultural, like, importance yeah. of things. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Uh, but as this was your pick, and we just mentioned that it is because we really like Almodovar, that we wanted to just talk about it as soon as possible. Uh, but this is my turn for summarizing. Um, this movie falls... There are like two parallel stories on this. One of them is on the background for most of the movie. And the other one is like the centerpiece, let's say. Like the centerpiece of the story is actually this woman that uh, hookups 
with a guy or he's dating a guy that he's married and then she gets pregnant and she goes to just give birth after and i'm going to be like chronologically ordering it i'm not going to be like doing the movie it actually just jumps back and forth um basically uh breaks up with the guy because the guy is still married and you know he was suggest about like just maybe an abortion she decides to be a, a single mother as her grandmother was before and her mother too but her mother died young and then her grandmother raised her um so she met uh, a young girl a really young girl on uh, the hospital while they are like waiting for giving birth and they give birth at the same time like the same day more or less like the same hour uh and they in this well yeah i mean they go to a different er room probably a delivery room you know but they are like just waiting in the same room uh were you doing something no 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 I, i that makes more sense i didn't honestly i thought they were in the same room together but what you're saying i was like oh yeah obviously yeah, yeah. They, they take you somewhere else he's like okay i mean it's big them pushing and in my mind they were just next to each other that's why i had that look on my face thank you uh-huh. for no no worries um but after coming back home and she actually shows up the baby to uh, her now ex is that the ex is like pretty blatant about like that's not my baby that's not my baby at all yeah it got very like just like you know i was coming here with all the hopes i wanted to reconnect i wanted to be a father for her blah 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 it's like but after looking at her are you sure that i'm the father uh so that actually just starts the uh, the doubts uh on penelope that is like the the main character in penelope's head and uh she runs a test and discovers that she was not the mother 100 sure not the mother that they do like the zoom like dramatic zoom over the words 100 not the mother um and then i like how the they other... stop subtitling it at some point they're like you know what this is saying <laughs> that's 100 and he says no no you can just picture it uh so uh then on the other side like this young girl had like a beautiful baby you know she's like struggling with his family with her family uh the mother uh what was the name angela barranco like the actress that she has been in other movies from my and uh she's an actress that she has like very little uh, motherhood instinct basically abandons her on her rich house of madrid and she basically just goes touring for just like doing doña ines i think that it was like a garcia lorca i think like Donna, Donna something yeah i think it was like doña ines um but in case not too relevant uh but she's like just my career is taking off so screw my daughter well in a bit more like, i really want to be here but i have to choose this uh so fast forward uh like some months later uh penelope cruz runs into the other girl uh and she tells her that her baby died and he shows her like a picture and we see that is like, hey this one actually really looks like you know like you and your husband well, and your boyfriend uh and the other was clearly asian yeah very very dark like, yeah and you know like the eyes was like yeah probably this is asian and uh Nobody's never met her dad so there's a little bit of like doubt like is this yeah but it's a bit of a stretch because like yeah my father was venezuelan and they always call it like the 
did I say like the Chinese, el chino or something? There was like a, he was like a bit of a like the face. It was a bit more like Asian or something. Yeah, almond eyes. And yeah. They didn't in the subtitles. They didn't say Chinese, but they were definitely saying ethnic features. Yeah, yeah, exactly ethnic features. Uh, but basically, at that point, she realizes about like there may be something here. So she hires her because this is an Almodovar movie and it's not going to be like as straightforward as you would expect. Is that she, Penelope Cruz, hires the other girl for just being like an au pair or like, I don't know, how you call yeah, it? Like a nanny. Living, yeah. yeah, like living nanny, living in nanny. Uh, because the daughter died. Her daughter died in the sleep. Sudden death. You know, the baby didn't, didn't wake up. So uh, in a very not so sneaky way, uh, he runs a test, another genetic test, and she discovered that with a nine nine dot percent, this other girl that I don't remember how it's called is is the mother of her baby. At the same time, they start like getting a bit closer. They get into a lesbian relationship. Then at the end, she actually feels guilty and tells her about like you are the mother of my baby, our babies were exchanged at birth and my baby died. And with a move that probably would define like the loss of kidnapping, you know, she basically just storms out of the house with the baby and Penelope Cruz is like, I get it. This is what needs to happen. I kept waiting for law enforcement to get involved or like a lawsuit against that hospital, but it was all just very, very uh, amicable. Yep. I need a few days. <laughs> yeah, I need to calm down, but it's your baby, so let's just go with it. Um, then they actually start talking, and then it's like when the other story, the other parallel story comes back. There is like at the beginning of the movie, uh, Penelope Cruz connects as she's a professional photographer for a magazine that is driven by Rossi De Palma, that is managed by Rossi De Palma. Yeah, that is like her best friend. Uh, she connects with an anthropologist that is specializes on the historical memory of all the uh how is it called in english like the 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 pits that they did like the massive the mass graves, the mass graves yeah the mass graves that the uh, frankist like the national uh front at the beginning of the civil war that they actually had in many many villages that they did with like the dissidents from the regime so uh he's not just an anthropologist he's the, he's the father well, what I mean is like this is how it starts, how they actually meet up, because Penelope Cruz actually is like from a small village where many people, including her father, no, the father, no, she never met her father, but it's like her grandfather was in. The father was like way too young. It's like the, the parents actually were born after the Civil War, um, but her grandfather was supposed to be buried. So she really wanted for like getting some uh, some investment, some external investment for just uh, promoting or you know like being able to have money for actually just digging those uh, corpses or you know like the remains and just bringing some kind of closure to the victims' families and being able to bury them with their with their families. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fast forward 90 minutes because barely this. I mean, they start having this, how they connect with each other, and they start having an affair, then the baby comes. No, nope. but it's like, we we park this, they mention it as several, you know, like small times, like pretty briefly, and then at the end, after uh, she gives up the baby, uh, we see her like just receiving the news that they're going to be like doing the digging because they have like a lot of time, a lot of waiting time for approvals. They tell them at the beginning that this is going to take years 
until it gets approved. When it gets approved and they get like money for just driving the, uh, the operation, the digging operation, they go back to the village where Roshi de Palma also is from and they connect like with the local people about like what do you remember about like your grandparent or whatever it was or your grand uncle or whatever and uh, and then we see how it comes to fruition and we see like the remains like being unraveled and we also hear that Penelope Cruz is pregnant again because now the lover the initial lover got a divorce and they got back together despite her being like 42 at that no, time why not no, why not <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> when there is love, she wanted to keep the the original kid. Was that she's like I didn't think I was going to be able to get pregnant. I'm almost forty. And then anyway, yes, that felt a little bit too full circle for me. That no. little part. Um, but yes, very well done at giving a synopsis of this because a lot there's a lot that happens. There is a lot, but it's like I could summarize in like there's two stories. One of them is like exchange babies with the uh, Almodovar spin, the things are never going to be like as straightforward as you expect, you know? Is that the characters don't really... The one thing that I actually like about this movie is that there is no real antagonist. It's a bit more it's like, yep, life happens, life sucks. It's, like, it's something that I like from Almodovar films and I never realized about it, you know? That is like, all about my mother is that there is no evil, you know? It's just life and it sucks. There is like, there is such a huge tragedy and that's it. But for example, I talk with her. There is a bit of a rapiness going in there, you know, that you can say is like this is bad. If you remember, Anna's uh, the the way Anna conceived. Yeah, yeah. you know, there is a, there is there is you know like bad stuff. But in he, in this case, it's a bit more. No, there is no evil. But I felt, and I'm going to start like just talking about like how I feel about this movie. I felt confused about these two movies stitched together, like these two topics. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for him to kind of bring them together in a more straightforward way, and it just never really happened. Um, yeah. It, it was a little bit confusing. It reminded me of, like, do you know the documentarian Errol Morris? He did The Thin Blue Line. Um, what he likes to do in his documentaries is find two completely separate subjects or themes, and then he finds a way that they cross paths, and it's really interesting. Um, and so I kept kind of waiting for that, like, okay, we have these two separate stories, but really all that happened was at the very end when they dig up the, the skeletal remains, it's just like the former lesbian lover, the new husband, or the new partner, everyone seems to be it's not happy because they're looking at their dead loved ones but it's like they made peace among each other it was it did feel disjointed to me in a yeah. sense no for me it was like just i wish that they had done like two different movies you know and I, one of them was like exchanging the babies and don't make it about like the historical memory you know that it was like just uh, a law that it was created in Spain like during the 2000s if I remember that it was about like giving money for actually just like bringing closure to all the tragedies that they happened because of the civil war so I wanted to ask you if there was like political context like it's about um uh so is it Anna or Anna 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 so Anna comes from a very wealthy privileged family at least it seemed they, they clearly have money um 
and Penelope Cruz actually lectures her once about yeah. talking about the grave and how she's obsessed with it and she's like you need to find out where your family was during the Civil War because you don't know your, your own country so I was like is this about like classes taking from other class I didn't I don't know I'm just asking because I don't know enough about Spanish history I was just looking for the metaphor that I think Almodovar put there and I just missed I mean the thing is like a for me it felt like a gratuitous comment you know it's like I'm left wing and there is actually I'm going to like mention something is like actually what band did you fight for it was mostly based on where you geographically were and you want to survive or not or you want to get shot and just end up in one of these like mass graves but I, I, the reason I thought there might be a little bit more is because when Anna's mother, Teresa, comes to visit Penelope Cruz, I can't remember Penelope's name. Janice, um, like Janice Joplin. Janice, that's right, Janice Joplin. Um, and she said, like, the acting world is hard when you're rich and conservative because they're all, like, liberal poor people. And I was like, is, was she saying that basically she was on, like, the, the dictator side of the Civil War? Probably. Probably yes. Probably yes. Uh, but the thing is that there is not too much. There is privilege, you know, like probably what they talk about. Like she can have like a great life, blah blah blah. But it's like Janice doesn't have like a poor life. Janice has like an amazing, an amazing Madrid apartment, you know, that everyone compliments that they go there. She has like enough room for actually just having you know, like a moving nanny. And she also had like the money for us just having a maid on top of that. Yeah, I was also struggling like, clearly she's what I would call upper class or at least upper middle class. And yeah. I was like, but isn't there, what, where's the, where's the metaphor? <laughs> That's the thing is that for me, it feels like a bit gratuitous about like, okay, you want to get pretty. If you want to get a bit more like, hey, I want to make like a moral piece here, you need to get your characters right. And here there is none, because if you actually remove like the comment from Anna, I wouldn't take like, she's like super privileged and she's abusing out of that, you know? So I did read in the New York Times movie review um, about how it's kind of a big deal that like apparently according to this one article by A.O. Scott, that he has act actively avoided addressing the violent political history of Spain in all of his works. And so the fact that he's addressing it now is kind of a big deal, but I, I don't really have the context for what that means and why it's important. I mean, he likes to tell stories about female relationships that doesn't have a lot to do with war, and you're not obligated to address yeah, I mean, there is like a lot of female characters, like strong female characters. There is like a lot of gay characters, you know. There is some transsexuals, you know. That they, he, he's always on the fringe of society. He's always like just like, hey, I don't want to go like fully mainstream. Is that we already know how he thinks, you know. So I don't really see the value of trying to politize. Even if I agree with him, you know, about like how he looks at the historical memory, it's like, this is not the leaf motif of your movie. You know, this is like something that is just attached, that is almost just growth something. You had another script, it's like, do we have a way of making this like a full movie? It's like, no, maybe I can just shoehorn it a bit here because the closure 
that they get is like, what is the point with exchange babies? What is the point with society that you're trying to paint here? Let me ask you this. So I lived in Russia for a couple of years and there are no old men in Russia. Oh, yeah. When I was there, and it was like 18 years ago, so take that into account. There's just no old men because they all died in World War II, which means that women have these like very strong bonds, and like all the old women hang out with old women because there's no old men. Um, and so, I, I again, I'm just grasping at straws here, but was that the point? Like, that the dictatorship killed all the men so the women were forced to, not forced, but they created these bonds, a super strong bond. Apologies for my dogs. Um, so yeah, again, this is just me trying to like make sense of what, yeah, are two separate movies. And while I found it all interesting, I feel like this would have been stronger if they had just told the story about Penelope and Anna, Anna, Anna. Yeah, uh, I I agree. And for me, it's like when we're done with the uh, with the movie, it's like I was just wondering about like what are the people that I just watched the movie with think about this? Because for someone that didn't know anything about history of Spain, is that this is like, and it's not only about like history because you may know about like these mass graves, you may know about that, you may know about like the civil war, but you may not know about like the recent politics in the last twenty years that it started this, you know, like this historical memory thing. Yeah, there was clearly a, a ton I missed in terms of everything you're mentioning. And what little I know beyond Franco is because of you and just yeah. all the conversations we've had in the last two years. And this actually this connects to another thing that I always told you about, that it almost feels like Almodovar, like trying to do like a reality check about his cinema, about like why people in the States like his cinema so much when he tries I mean it's not really like cinema verite you know but he tries to be like a bit more like costumerist you know a bit more like day by day absurdities of the Spanish reality there are like many things that they don't really translate to the state's way of life well case in point Volbert I, I oh yeah oh, okay okay I thought you were going to say like Volbert is like a very American story no 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 you explained some of like the cultural meanings behind certain like i don't know myths legends beliefs yeah. whatever i just yeah. completely yeah, and that's the thing is like i i i don't get it but people like it so much i don't know if it's a bit more of a hipster thing about like you know super cool i say i have to say it was it was a little i wouldn't say nervous but if you remember our conversation about pain and glory which we did a podcast yeah. about right no we didn't we didn't okay no. so i told you, I don't know if you remember, but it's my favorite Almodovar film. Yeah. Uh, and so I was a little bit nervous to like go into this and just not like it as much. And I was thinking like, why didn't I connect with this film as much as the other one? And it's because as I recall, and it's been years, um, Pain and Glory is just about being in, there's not a ton that's specific to Spanish culture in my opinion, or at least I managed to get a lot out of it without understanding a lot about Spanish culture. Whereas this, you clearly, there's so, many references to things that happened in the country in history, things that are happening today. It just, it didn't land completely with me. And I, I don't have any kind of problem on him doing uh, like more politically charged movies. I think that is fine. I think that is great if he wants to become at this age, like a bit more of an activist instead of an entertainer. 
I'm down for it. But just have a narrative, have a justification for what you're trying to portray here. He wrote this, right? He writes everything he directs. Yeah, he writes everything. He only did a couple of adaptations. Julieta, Julieta was an adaptation, for example. And uh, this king I live in. This king we think? This king I live in. This king I live in. Such a good movie. I mean, I think Broken Embraces is my favorite. And then the skin. <laughs> I remember like going to watch like the Broken Embraces and just being in shock about how bad it was. About like, wait, wait, you just did all very Like, why is Penelope Cruz so bad in this movie? <laughs> I, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but I took my brand new, like, alpha stepdad, like, athletes. <laughs> It was the first time he and I had ever hung out. And we're not talking. About, we're not talking about your husband. No, we're talking about like it is not like a gay fantasy. Okay. My ex stepdad. Okay. I'll okay. I yeah. took him to see this in a theater and or see it broken embraces, and I was like, maybe not the best first impression. <laughs> That's not a good pick, man. I swear I don't have a foot fetish of Penelope Cruz. I swear. <laughs> um. But I, what I was saying earlier is like, I think that this is a bit of a reality check about like you guys really like my cinema. Can you get this? How do you feel about this? And it's interesting because uh, you know that most countries they decide what movie to send uh, to the Oscars. I was wondering, is this going to be it? No, it's not. <gasps> I went to. Uh, it's the good boss with uh, Javier Bardem. It's from the director of uh, Los Lunes al Sol, like The Mondays Under the Sun, that we actually watch and record the podcast for. That was like one of our first ones. Yep, it was like pretty, pretty early. Uh, it's from the same director. It's not too good. It's not too bad either. It's a bit more like run of the meal. It could be, it could be French, but just a bit of that. It could be like a French dark comedy. So maybe you like it. It could actually have, actually reminded me a bit of, uh, uh, what is the name of, Julievinos? Uh, Not Julievinos, uh, Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve comedy with uh, Gerard Depardieu, where it's like, she's like the flower pot kind of wife until he goes to, to jail or something, and she has to take over like the uh, umbrella making company. I have not seen this film, I guarantee you. This is not the same type of film, but it's like when I was watching, it's like this could be a French movie from 30 years ago. All right. Well, I mean, that shows that not even like the Spain film associations, whoever decides who to like nominate for the, the Academy Awards, they're like, no, this isn't going to resonate with American audiences. You no, know, the only the only way that it could actually resonate is because of the name, because it's Almodovar and people just expect like something amazing but pain and glory i think that this is like walls ahead of this one i agree with you that being said like just immersing yourself into the world that Elmodovar built it still felt like coming home like his style is so i don't know i just love it even the camera movements like there's this uh tracking shot uh right when we meet arturo the uh, anthropologist and penelope cruz where she says hey i'd like to speak with you after the shoot and it just moves along all these people until it like stops and they're getting coffee and i'm like i'm home i'm home with pedro one thing that i love one thing that i love about Almodovar as a director 
is how anal he is about like the setup of the houses. And we discussed this with women at the birth of a nervous breakdown. That is like everything is cooler than their characters. You know, it's a bit more like, yeah, this may be your house because everything is like just designed with the idea of this is your house and trying to build your personality, not talking at the camera about like, sorry, not like the character saying it's like, hey, look, I love X and Y. It's a bit more like, I'm going to be displaying like what a full cool character would have at their place. And I was actually paying a lot of attention to those details, like um, the bookshelves behind Penelope Cruz's yeah. computer. They were like the coolest yeah. books ever. And then like the the decorations on her fridge were super fucking cool. And I was like, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing that I felt like, look, you're a poser, is that Sia actually has like at some point like the Janis Joplin vinyl on the first, you know, like on the first one that you can see it on the side, and then like another scene like towards like the late part of the movie, like months later, is still like the first vinyl, and it's like there are like many more behind, but it's like this is the important one. This is like the one that I saw. It's like you didn't touch those vinyls in all these months, so stop fucking pretending you're a hipster. <laughs> That's the part that I felt like, look, I love, I love that you do this kind of indirect character building. I love it. But at the same time, it feels a bit fake. Do you know, it feels like not 100% sincere. It feels like too cool to be true. I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like our complaints about Wes Anderson, like it's just Almodovar has style. I was when going to say, I was going to say like the only director that I could compare about like being so anal about like the uh, display of things, about like just the minimum detail is Wes Anderson. But Almodovar does it like a million times better in my opinion. Um, I disagree. I'm sorry, I disagree. I albeit like his love for just the uh, quirky, symmetric shots and everything is that like, he's extremely careful and things that they are like displayed there. If you remember about like Bottle Rocket, that we discuss about this, is that the uh, uh, senital like up top down shots like with the table and the lights is that like, there were so many so many objects on every single one of those shots that they were like just organically placed but at the same time feeling like so carefully that is that like, this is uncannily perfect so i do want to say that i would count bottle rocket as the exception not the rule because my mind immediately went to the grand budapest hotel which fuck you the, yeah <laughs> the problem with the grand budapest hotel and you know like the uh, and the fresh dispatch is that he became too much he just jumped like some kind of line like threshold into okay now you are like 100% a caricature it's like and it's true that it's like it's a bit of his style you even like think about Moonrise Kingdom is that everything is slightly exaggerated you know and he embraces like things are quirky and I don't mind you know like hiding that this is fake the thing is like Almodovar tries to make it look like it's real and those houses they just look from a catalog yeah. They don't feel like she really lives there. And they're like very carefully, you know, like uh, a style. Like, for example, there is a point that is a, you see like the jamón, you know, and the next time that they saw it like months later, you can actually see that the jamón is like way lower that they have been eating it like quite a bit. I will say that I, I felt once, so Janice has uh, a family home she inherited in her village. And once they got there, it did feel just so much more authentic to me because it was a little bit more bare bones with like family pictures. And... Yeah. I mean, maybe if I hadn't lived in Madrid, I would say it's like, maybe that's how people in Madrid live life. You know, it's like maybe they are all like that, like super cool, super like the tailor oriented. Dude, 
I live in Madrid. Is that people are the same? He says he's he's a fucking dirty city. Is that you're going to find like people that they're who that they're like pretty cool or whatever, and they're going to be like other people that they're like more verbose. But everything feels like you live there. In here, it feels like you look cool. You don't live here. It's like every um, TV show and movie taking place in San Francisco lately, and you're like, no, this is in San Francisco. <laughs> If there are no human feces, it's not San Francisco. No, nobody dresses up. It's just at leisure wear. <laughs> yeah, so I I like it, and at the same time, I feel it like a bit fake, but I. I like it, you know, at the end of the day, but it's like it feels like the same way as Wes Anderson about like you don't mind hiding, you don't mind showing that this is fake. You want to show us that you can do like something cool. I guess for me the distinction is I don't want to go into Wes Anderson's world anymore. Like it's uninteresting to me. Almodovar is still interesting to me. I didn't bother to see his most recent film. Neither we agreed that we weren't going to see it because it looks. Really oh no! I I watch it. I went to watch it. I think you told me to skip it. I told you to skip it. It's okay. not a good movie. So what I told you is that like he has become like 100% a caricature of himself. I don't think that Amador has become a caricature of himself yet. But I don't even think he's moved. Like if he was going to become a caricature of himself, he would like instead of swinging away from All About My Mother, he would have leaned into it and just like gone crazy. But the thing is like. I was thinking about all about my mother, and I was thinking, okay, the house that they have in Madrid at the beginning of the movie feels more real, feels more organic. And then when she moves to Barcelona, is that she has nothing in the house. It's like an empty house that is like, dude, this woman that just left her work is not going to be able to afford this when she's like just working as a non-profit worker. So then, outside of like sets, um, what do you think about the characters? Because in my opinion, the characters feel more real now. The just a no. The thing is that there was an exercise on ellipses on this movie. Is that there are like many times that it feels like you're like just jumping, like just removing everything that it would make things feel like more organic. You know? Didn't you have like that kind of feeling about like there are like jumps that is like Ooh, okay, I see that you are like just Ooh, giving me what I need to know, but it's like at the same time is that you are removing like part of the dream that used to make it like interesting to watch your movies that it felt like more organic. Yeah, I would say, particularly with well, with the baby switching storyline, like twelve hours ago, they Anna found out that uh, Cecilia is hers, and she just calls the next day very calm. She's like, "Let's talk about our relationship." I, yeah, there were some disjointed moments where you're like, "This isn't a, no. this doesn't make sense from a realistic emotional journey perspective." Yeah, so I just feel like this creep. Is not the best. It's like it's a bit like rushing in some points. It's mixing like the other story. It just felt. Uh, I used to discuss with my sister that she used to say that like, there is always like a good Almodovar movie followed by one or more bad movies from him. So next we could have either one, good or bad. Yeah, because Pain and Glory was the good. That is like now we don't know how many bad we're going to get. Well, the Tilda Swinton one, we should count that. That was a good one. But it was a short. The next one is like the Kate Blanchett one. Oh, that's that's rough. And that that can go either way because this is like a full movie. The Tilda Swinton thing it was like an exercise, you know, an aesthetic exercise, and it was gorgeous. 
he was like go full minimalistic just like retelling like the human voice story that he already told in women on the verse of a nervous breakdown and the next thing that also is going to happen there is going to be a tv show for apple tv based on women on the verse of a nervous breakdown really and yep. he's directing all of it writing no because that's executive producer oh, el deseo wow. is going to be like the producer i am terrified about like what piece of shit that's going to be I don't have high hopes for that. <laughs> but just before we started recording, we were saying we're generally impressed at the quality of, of content on Apple TV. The production value. I would say the production value, not the quality of the end result. It's like HBO nowadays. Is that with HBO, you know that they're still going to be like putting a lot of money and just say, like, this is well produced. It's not like Netflix. That is like, if we can produce like 10 CD, 10 CD produced shows in a month, better than just one that is like properly produced. Well, I mean, at least his name is attached in some way. Hopefully he has some sort of input. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> My hopes are pretty low. Let's just say that. When does it come out, do you know? I think that it just entered like production. So it may be still like 2023. All right. Put that on our to be watched list. No. <laughs> With Gina Rodriguez. Spanish? Please tell me it's in Spanish. No, I don't think so. She's from Chicago, so no. that you never I don't know. It's gonna be like uh, all the the boys in the band. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe he's like just trying to penetrate more and more the American market, you know, but the thing is like, it's, it's at this point, it's like he had done it like in the 90s or in the 2000s, I could get it when he was like exploding in popularity, at this point it's like, dude you are 100% Spanish, it's like whatever you're going to be doing is going to have such a weird translation because of the TV show you think that way? because I thought you felt no, like because, because Tilda Swinton and Kate Blanchett because the Kate Blanchett movie is going to be like 100% American got it, got it so it's like, I just had the feeling, it's like, I don't know, it's a bit late for this, you know, in your career, right? I mean, um, Hanukkah didn't do an English-speaking film until he was like 70. Until it was the Funny Games remake? Yep. <laughs> Did he do any other after that? No, I think all the rest were firmly in French. He didn't even do like Austrian in German. The White Ribbon? I think that was the last one because the last two were with um Isabel Hubert. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kase. Kase was another so one about the like immigration issues with the wealthy family. I don't think you ended up seeing that one. Oh, the happy ending? Yes. No, I didn't watch that one. You told me about it. God, the guy is still alive. He's yeah, Maurice is French. He's pretty French. Cassette was good. Cassette was a really good movie. Did you ever see 73 Fragments of a Chronology of Chance? No, I don't think so. We discussed about that one. I'd be interested to rewatch that movie. I liked it when it came out, but now it seems like that was during a time in my life where I liked really dense stuff that wasn't interesting. <laughs> so. 
I mean, to be frank, after the Funny Games movie, after the American one, because I say movie, not film, uh, there were only three movies. That it was The White Ribbon, Amor, and Happy End. And one of them is Austria. I don't know what it is. No, after the original Funny Games, that it was like 10 years before that, it was God Unknown, The Piano Teacher, Time of the Wolf, Cassette, and then Funny Games. Oh, the Piano Teacher is so good. It's so, <laughs> so fucking disturbing. Um, but uh, just going back to the movie, it's like I don't, or to Almodovar, it's like I, I still think that he can do like pretty cool stuff. Pain and Glory was like a good self reflection, you know. But this one just left me like. <laughs> sure. Did you find it entertaining? I found like parts of it entertaining. As I was still, I was still using the ellipses part, it just threw me off completely. About like, why are you doing this? Is it why are you like cutting from the characters? Is that you should actually be using those characters? They just developing them a bit more, not as a vehicle of your story, and just like as living entities. And I just realized that this. This is not properly written, you know? It was entertaining from the perspective of like, when is he going to be like telling her that, you know, the baby is hers? But beyond that, I didn't feel like super engaged or anything. I also had to be like- entertaining. I didn't look at my watch once. I was like, I'm just enjoying this ride. Uh, the thing is also that uh, I was I already knew that it was going to be disjointed. My sister actually told me that it's like this. This is weird. People here are saying it's like, why is this politized? Why, why there like politics in this kind of suhorn way here? I'm glad that I didn't miss what I assumed I missed, which was some sort of political cultural context that left me kind of outside. Yeah. So, should we go over the questions? Let's do it. I do yep. just want to comment that I was blown away by Penelope Cruz. Better even than Vicky Cristina Barcelona. She was incredible. Ooh, that's that's her, man. That's a really hard sell. <laughs> no, but she was really, really good. I just, like, wow. No, she's, she's an amazing actress. You know, she actually knows what to do because I think that her default, her baseline is pretty bland. It's a bit more like she has like the right directing is that she can actually sign. You know, Volver is amazing. All about my mother is start to be okay, but it's like when I saw in Volver, it's like this is not the bland Penelope Cruz that I was expecting, you know. Okay, so now I'm ready for the questions. Yeah. Uh, so also I have like a bit of a one-off thing, but I'm going to be like presenting it to you a bit later. After right. we go over the questions. Okay. Uh, so first question out of all of these, would you watch it again? Yeah, I would. Okay. Uh, for me, it's no. Even so actually, my husband wanted to see this movie with with me this weekend. And I, he just got, and it, it doesn't matter. We didn't see it together. And when he said he, he'd go see it alone, I was like, I'm not go watch it again with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, for me, it's like, I just, no, I, I didn't find like enough entertainment here for saying like, yeah, even like if he's playing on the background, it's like, no, nah, probably they're like better stuff to just play on the background. Uh, would you recommend it? Yes. For me, no. 
for me, really? not for the perspective. Well, because it's a confusing movie. It's a bit more it's like, hey, if I recommend you this, I have to explain you everything about like, the Spanish history of the last 80 years. <laughs> and then it's like, is this like the best Almodovar movie? On what kind of context would I actually recommend this? Do you know? It's like if someone were to ask me, like, should I watch Paranormal Mother? It's like, did you watch all these other 10 movies from Almodovar? Because what these are better. What if somebody came to you and said, hey, I heard there's a new Almodovar film. Would you recommend you check it out? I would. Nah. It's worth it. It's more interesting than most things in theaters. Probably not. Probably the answer would be like, I mean, it's not that it's bad, but it's like, I just, dude, there has to be like something a bit more entertaining out there. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, or a bit more like consistent and congruent. Uh, would you remember it? I think the major plot points of the switching babies and the digging up the relatives, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that I could remember exactly that. There are like two stories. One of them is like mixing up babies, and the second story is like mass grave. Yep. So, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yes for me. Uh, is, there anything, is there anything artistic about it? Uh, yes, I mean, I instantly felt like I was in Elmodovar's world, and for me, it is artistic, and there are very few directors, as we mentioned, Wes Anderson maybe one, but nobody builds worlds, in my opinion, like Elmodovar does. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the, spoiler alert, really, really, well, I mean, I, I just talk about absolutely everything that happens in the movie, uh, but what did you think of the last scene? Well, they actually just took like the bodies out, all the remains. Now they actually place like all the actors. No, not all the actors, like some of the actors on the mass grave. I mean, I, I again, I was, I'm just grasping at straws. I think we were supposed to like understand what those mothers went through back in the day, losing their husbands and sons and stuff. So I was trying to like make it a little more real. It didn't land for me, but I think I got what he was trying to do. The thing is, like, Penelope Cruz, for example, wasn't there. It was, like, only part of the cast, you know? And but it was, like, a run. There was only no. men in the there were No, there were, also, there were also women. Um, what I thought is that maybe it was, like, a bit of a gesture of these people. They actually lost someone on those early day shootings in the Civil War. And they recreated it. And they recreated it. They were, like, imagine that these people disappear as their ancestors did from one day to the next. I didn't get that final shot. Huh. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, sure, that can be it. But yeah, I mean, John was the one that's, sorry, my boyfriend was the one that brought it up. Um, you seen the timeless piece? I would say, yeah. I mean, switching babies to switching baby in any era. <laughs> that's true. It's one of the hundred years. That's not changing. Exactly. It's one of the oldest tales that you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the other part is a bit more about like the historic memory, but I think that that part, for example, I wish that it was like a movie, that, that this was two movies, because I would actually say like, yes, for both. And I would actually say like everything that about like the historical memory and about like just trying not to forget what happened, you know, is that I think that it's important. And I think it's like more relevant than actually swapping babies. Yeah, I agree. I just wish I knew more about Spain's history. Yeah, but in any case, it's like I, yeah, it's timeless. But that doesn't mean that it's good or important as a whole. <laughs> Would you turn this into a TV show? I think there's enough there to turn it into a TV show, and maybe they could find a way to marry the stories better. I, 
I don't know that I would watch it, but I wouldn't mind if Netflix was like, hey, we have a 10-part miniseries. For me, the answer, the answer is no. No, because it's like it's so disconnected that it's like it almost sounds like I could turn into two different TV shows. And I don't want to watch a TV show about historical memory, and I don't want to watch a TV show about swap babies. I don't. But like for instance, the mother Teresa, I wanted to learn more about her. She was an interesting character. Like there's more that I wanted from that I would have taken from this story. So yes, I But but the thing is like underdeveloped characters. You know, that is exactly what Teresa is. Or it's like it doesn't get like to actually just be like fully developed or fully like important for the story. Because yeah, she has like a good conversation with Janice, you know, like how she actually opens her heart about like the kind of mother that she was, you know. And at the end it's like a story of mothers that they lost their kids in one way or another. And it's like how she didn't want to be a mother, but she was. You know, but it's like it's heartfelt, but at the same time it feels like Cool. Yeah. Let's move on. Is that we already have like the checkbox? So it's like, yep, open heart conversation of someone that is a bitch. It's like, yeah, I remember the phone about your mother, all about my mother. Yeah. Is that we already did this? Is that we have done it again? Let's move on. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm a bit more like negative, clearly, than you. Uh, did you think that this movie could have been better? I, there just needs to be a little bit more co- more coherence about why we're seeing these two stories. Like. Yeah make it connect for me and make it connect for me as a dumb American yeah I even like as an intellectual Spanish uh, (laughs) I I just think that yeah the script needs to actually just be reworked completely this is not a good script and it needs love it needs like quite a bit of attention for actually just turning into something that is more palatable I would agree so. Well, I found it palatable, but yes, it needs work. Yeah. Uh, so, so before before we actually score it, for actually just giving like a minute for it to actually just rest, so we can think about the score. My score is already written down, so please don't open the uh, display it. Um, I wanted to ask you something. We always ask, would you remember it? So. Uh, what I was thinking is like uh, from time to time I think about like random movies and I try to remember about like what happens in that movie you know some of them are like pretty easy like the Turing horse that is like the answer is nothing (laughs) and some others are like way harder to actually just even like remember about like the main story points let's say after so long so I was thinking about like just bringing up like a random movie from at least like 50 episodes we have you know And let's see if you actually remember what this movie was about. If I like answer if, yes, I'll remember it. If you answer yes, you have to summarize like in one or two sentences what this movie was about. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back from episode, let me just check what was it. Oh yeah. Back from episode 29. Do you remember what Sorkats was about? That's not fair. There's like okay, okay. Let me let me just let me just refrain it because what popped in my mind is how it ends. I remember that there is a plague of insects in LA, and the helicopters are like spraying the pesticides to kill them all. Um, also, Alex Trebek goes to the opera. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, some random stuff. Okay. 
uh, our favorite actress takes off her pants, and we learn the carpets match the drapes. Julia Moore. Yep. <laughs> and that's uh, that's about all I got. Uh, no, that's pretty good. I have forgotten about Julia Moore on this because usually my brain just blocks her. It's like a, that episode from Black Mirror that is that you can block someone and that person like disappears from your eyes. You know, is that they are just blocked by a, by a, some noise. Uh, for me, it's exactly how my brain operates with Julia Moore. Is that like she was like erased completely? Yeah, she was like erased from the movie. Is like, was there? No, no, there wasn't. The, no, is there? She's the painter. Is that, mm, mm, there was no painter here. So then, doesn't it all end in an earthquake and we see all the stories and where, okay. yeah, right. where they were at the end? That's only the part that I remember, and I remember about like uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his friend that they actually are about to rape a couple of kids, a couple of girls, and actually the friend kills one of the girls. But the earthquake happened, and they say that there was only one casualty. So did I pass? That one's a challenging one because there's 40. I know. I know, I know, I know, but it's like, I think that you do. I think that you do. Is that that was not an easy pick, but it's like it just popped into my brain. And it's like this is impossible to remember all that this yeah, was about. No. I remember really liking it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I actually checked like the scores. Yours was an eight point five. Mine was a seven point five. So, uh, should we actually score now? Uh, Parallel mothers. Yes, and I think our conversation has changed my score a little bit. But you have to score first. Yeah, my score is uh, six. Please. Mine I think... went from a seven to a six point five. Six point five. Uh, I think that is okay. Just okay. I think that there are like just severe problems. You know that is like this movie at the end sustains or supports his weight more on Penelope Cruz acting on the uh, set pieces. Do you know about like how cool it is to look at? But it doesn't leave me anything. I can see that. Like uh, the more we talk about it, the more I see there's not a ton of substance here, um, and there is some actual confusion. Like, what the hell do these stories have to do with each other? Um, but I, as I said before, I do think this is more interesting than I would say 90% of movies that we could go see or I could go see right now in San Francisco in a movie theater. Mm, okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess that the cinema, the cinema scene sucks pretty much in San Francisco, so that's fine. <gasps> it's true. It's completely true. <laughs> I had to say that it's a weird one. You know, it's like I'm always like surprised when I think about it. Like, wait, is this all the cinemas? Am I missing something here? No, that's just how it is. Nice. This was only playing at Embarcadero and the Roxy. Oh, the Roxy! Wow. Yep. Was it oh, at least no. on the and, large uh, room? Yes. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. The Alamodra House, it was such an interesting cinema. I had like, such a big hopes for it. And then when it opened, it's like, you're playing Marvel movies. And the thing is, nobody gets to talk, and everyone spoke the entire screening that I went to, so I never went back. But in any case, is that when they actually have like this quirky commercial about like, hey, don't make any noise. If someone makes noise, just tell us. Is that you guys are running left and right the whole movie, bringing movies, bringing food and drinks? Is that you're the worst? Yep, not my, so, not my thing. So yeah, this podcast doesn't sponsor the Alamodra House. No, we don't. We don't support them. Yeah. 
Okay, man. Anything else to say about Parallel Mothers? Overall, I've said this like five different ways. I just enjoyed going back into his world, and for me, that was worth it. And actually, connecting with that on the next podcast, we're going to be like going back to another director's wall that I think that we both really like. And that one is going to be David Lynch's work with Wall with Lost Highway. I'm so excited to do this. So excited. I'm also like really excited because I'm going to get to use the movie that I never watched. You know, that you gave me, that you gave me, you know. And it's funny because I was talking with a. So what? I feel like I should watch an Infomaniac now, so I'm watching a movie you gave me. <laughs> You're watching a movie I gave you. <laughs> Don't make me hate myself. Don't make me like regret that that was like one of the first gifts that I ever gave you. <laughs> you did give me all about my mother first, so. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. I saved the day. Uh, but yeah, it was funny because I was talking with a friend about, hey, I would like to watch it. I think that is like the quirkiness or the weirdness of this movie. I think that it would be like that's interesting for having a good conversation. And then it was like, it has been such a long time since I watched it. And there is still like several quotes that I remember of this movie. And I only watched like probably once. Like, Dick Logan is dead. <laughs> and I'm looking forward. I feel like this film has a lot of similar similarities to Cache. I might watch both just so I can comment. It does? I oh. feel like it does, but it's been a long time since I've seen both. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Next week, we can talk more. Do you know something funny? We never recorded about Cache. I think we have a hard time going back into Michael Haneke's world. We love it there. But it's hard to be like, let's sign up to watch a pig get slaughtered over and over. I mean, you don't have to watch it over and over. That is sick. I mean, you don't have to be like that. But, okay. Don't they show more times? They saw the video. Yeah. They saw the video several times. No, but that's on Benny's video, no? Either. Benny's video is that he actually has like a video. He has a video of how there is slaughter a pig. And he watched it like multiple times when he shows it to the girl and everything. So maybe we should rewatch Benny's video. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> we watched it together, dude. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. It's been too long since I've seen Benny's video. You know, the funny thing is that I could remember. I think that any movie that I watched by Haneke, I mean, not like every single dialogue, but I cannot forget them. Is that they're stuck in my brain? Is that they they are so traumatic? That it's like it's hard to actually remove them. Yep. No, I completely agree. I will. Okay. Yeah. So Lost Highway. If you want to watch Cassé, we can just leave it as a bonus point kind of thing. Lost Highway. Deal. Yeah, and to everyone out there, thank you so much for putting it up with us. I think that has been a pretty long episode. It has. Um, wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, you have enough time now. Right. Bye.